Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. for me, Nicole Byer, tries to figure out how I'm still single, even though you could, uh, you could, uh, pick my nose and make me eat it, I would still date you. My guest today, you know him from, oh, Bob won RuPaul's Drag Race Season 8, they're on We're Here on HBO, uh, game show, Black Lady Sketch Show, uh, you've got your own special, Suspiciously Large Woman, it's Bob the Drag Queen! We were were both on um, uh, uh, Black Lady Sketch Show. Yes, we were. We weren't in the and same episode. I was episode, watching, and so. I was like, "Yeah, we were not." I was watching. I was like, "Oh my god, Nicole!" <laughs> I actually have two specials out. My 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 latest special came out this past February. Oh, fuck. and it is um uh, Bob the Drag Queen live at Caroline's, and this one I'm very proud of. It it is really fucking funny. I've been thinking about: Are you gonna? Will you? You've probably been asked this question, but if you start dating, are you gonna check? Are you gonna quit the podcast? No. No, I would just, if I was dating a person who was like in the industry and they were like fine about me talking about our relationship, then I would talk about it. But if I was dating someone who was like, oh, I don't act, I don't do anything, I don't want my relationship spoken about, then I just wouldn't talk about it. I would just interview people strictly on their lives. Have you considered changing it to why are you dating me? And then when you break up, why did you date me? <laughs> yeah, I could just change it to different stages of my life. Uh, why, why did you stop dating me? Uh, what's wrong with me? Please tell me. 
I can't wait until you like if you ever have kids and you're like, why did you leave? Like you have one call like, why did you feel the need to leave the house right at 18, even though that you know that I'm your mother and I want to see you more often? Why did you do that? It's just your way of like co- confronting people who've upset you. <laughs> I would love to have kids like just solely for the purpose of having a podcast. Why did you leave me? Uh, I hope why you, did you, you leave, leave me. me. Why, why did, did you leave me? me? Why did you leave me? Please tell me why. <laughs> People are like, oh my God, that, I had to listen to that theme song twice. <laughs> my, my mom would love a podcast called Why, why Don't You Visit More Often. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where does your mom live? My mom lives in Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. For whatever reason, I thought you were like born and raised. No, Monet's from New York. No. Yeah, every, well, everyone thinks, no, Monet's from New York. Everyone thinks I'm from New York City. But it's because I've lived here for 12 years now, and people just associate me with New York City. Mm-hmm. But I am a Southerner. I was born and, and raised in Georgia, and I was raised in Alabama and Mississippi, too. But I just don't have a southern accent. No. Um. I. I mean. I. I have a. I have a certain southern like vernacular. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't really like say like hey. I, I don't sound like Eureka O'Hara. You know. You what sure mean? don't. Or or Kennedy, or Kennedy Davenport or Chichi uh, Devane. No. <laughs> you don't. Uh, yeah. And I just associate you with New York because that's where I first saw you perform at Barracuda. Oh my God! You came into Barracuda to see me perform all the time. Oh, I, I guess I've never told you this. Yeah, I would watch you perform no, all the time I in do, Barracuda. I remember. You know what? I remember because you used to sit at the bar, and then um, I remember you sitting at the bar. And did you know my friend Aaron? Was it Aaron Pfeiffer that you knew? Mm. Someone was like, "This is Nicole Byer. She's on a show on MTV." I don't remember who it was, but yeah, someone was like, "Bob, you should know Nicole," and you were just like, "Hmm." <laughs> that, that is not a. That is not a. More than likely, what I said was, mm. oh, hey, girl. And was like, oh, hey, and then kept moving. A, yeah, a you, realistic. You do, yeah. <laughs> you do like to keep it moving. <laughs> but I don't go, hmm. I just go, oh, hey, how are y'all? This, that You're is right. Not you are right. True. It was a, oh, hey. And then also, you took a picture with me, which is very kind and very nice. I got to find that picture because uh, it's from like <laughs> 10 years ago. What's the name? You used to uh, come to my shows years ago. And one day I called him, like, like Taja Call. And I was like, Todrick, you know, blah, blah, blah. He was like, when I was in Memphis, I used to always come to your shows and tip you and be like, Bob, my name is Todrick. And I'm like, oh, hey. And then I just keep, because I'm really bad at small talk. I'm the worst at small talk. Well, small talk is upsetting. It's depressing, especially like when you're at a party and you're like, I'm just trying to, you know, fuck somebody or get drunk. And who are you? Stop talking to me. Yeah. So, that, that's, and, and I'm also, whenever I'm in the bars, because I don't drink. And because I'm in, I'm in drag, I'm not hooking up at the bar. Mm-hmm. So I'm really there to kind of just do my job and walk around and, like, spread a lot of joy and attention to as many people in the room as possible. And then, so that's that's always been my my deal at the mm. bar. And, and I'm, I'm also, uh, there, is a, there is a certain kind of person in the nightclub who, if you look closely enough, you'll recognize them from elementary school. <laughs> the person that hangs out at the DJ booth and I am the person who goes to the DJ booth and talks to them is the same kid that used to hang out with the lunch ladies. <laughs> it's, it's literally <laughs> the same kid. You're going to someone who's trapped uh-huh. and can't move. And you want to just have talk to be your to friend. Uh-huh. Yeah. That is so fucking funny. I was friends with the lunch ladies in high school because they gave me extra food. Work. Well, I, I was, I, got, I used to get, life. I used to get free, free I used to get free food. Did you get free lunch growing up? No. We, we, 
We was broke. I used to get free lunch. So when you're one of the poor kids they give free lunch to, they will just give you, they're like, it's free. Who cares at this point? <laughs> also, I went to like a really poor black school. So like, I think we were like all on free lunch. Like if you paid for lunch, we were like, my word, the, the money, the wealth. You paid a whole buck 45 for your meal. <laughs> no, I had to pay. It was like $5 for lunch. And my mother would like try to make me lunch. And I was like, no, it's cool to eat the shitty food in the cafeteria. But they had spicy chicken day, and that spicy chicken was fucking good. Five dollars? Is that what like, y'all were paying? I feel like it was like five dollars. That feels like too much money. There was there was there was a short while when I was reduced lunch, and my lunch was seventy five cent, and then there was the free lunch. But I've never paid five. I Girl, truly also, think I paid up? Middletown, New Jersey, a very racist uh, little town in uh, Monmouth County, New Jersey. Uh, our Valedict- the valedictorian of not my so there's two high schools north and south the one for north the one I didn't go to she's black she recently went on Instagram and was like it's fucking racist here and a bunch of parents were really upset about it and they're like well you're going to Columbia isn't that nice I mean blah blah and I was like people can succeed in a shitty situation which is what she's describing and you can't just discount her her experience when I went to school at Middletown High School of South there was a group of football players who went around saying bones and bones was an acronym for beat on niggers every Saturday. And it was, they were talking about like beating the black schools at football, but like, it was just like, not okay. There was like a little, there was a little symbol. And I remember screaming at this guy, Anthony, my sister has truly, she's like, please don't say his last name, but he's like a district attorney, which I was like, I don't know if he's got racist tendencies. Maybe someone should say his last name, but, um, she, uh, I like screamed at him in the lunchroom and I was like, it's not fucking cool. It's not okay. And then I got brought to the principal's office because I was the problem and the school never fucking did anything about it. So that's where I grew up. It was like overt, covert. And like, truly that's like the, like one of the, not many instances. There was just like a handful of them, like little microaggressions. That was a macroaggression, but just a little. I would say, yeah, but say going around saying <laughs> beat on niggers every Saturday, I would put that yeah, slightly that past macro. micro. That is, and that's like one of the yeah, that is truly wild. few that I remember. But like, I truly repressed it until I was talking to my sister, and I was like, "Did this actually happen, or am I like making this up? It seems insane." She was like, "No, it definitely happened." And then I tweeted about it, and then like a couple girls from my high school were like, "Oh yeah, I fully remember that." And one of the football players did their little symbol on like our school television network. So like that's I grew up around a lot of privileged white individuals who have since uh, since I've known them have flipped to being like Republicans. And I guess Trump is popular there, which is insane. It's Plot so wild. Twist. And I like I can't believe I grew up there. That is just I just that's just so different than the experience I had. If you Google my high school and like any of the high school graduations, there's mm-hmm. like no white people. Like at my high school, every white girl was called um, <laughs> Becky and every white guy was called Brad. I'm telling you, every single white guy at the school, we all we called them all Brad. <laughs> hey, Brad. Hey, Brad. And all the white girls. Hey, Becky. Oh, Becky, how are you? Um, and I didn't really start like meeting like a lot of white people until I went to college. And I was like, this is truly a, lot of, a very a lot of weird thing when you grow up around all one certain type of people. So like. I went to school and lived near a bunch of white people and then went to church in a very black neighborhood. So I would oscillate between trying to fit in with white Mm -hmm. kids during the week and then on the weekends trying to code switch into 
hanging out and fitting mm. in with the black kids and the black kids sometimes would be like, why do you sound like that? You sound so white. You're so weird. And granted, I am just a little weirdo. So I was just weird to everybody. But yeah, it was just, it was really it was tough to navigate. And then as an adult, I was like, I get I live in L.A. L.A. is kind of segregated. And I'd be like, I have to make black friends. So I would seek out black people because I also do improv and improv is so fucking white. Well, when, OK, so when I. First of all, that is true. There's one brand of comment that black folks are like, well, like white folks are like, we're sticking our white flag in, in improv. White people are the only people I think who will pay to see something that's not tangible. You pay money to sit in a theater <laughs> for a bunch of people on stage to be like, I'm holding a taco, but there's no, t- it's air. It's not a taco. <laughs> White folks can suspend disbelief for anything except the idea that black people deserve <laughs> equality. They're like, I can't. Like, that sounds great. Much. Come on now. Equality? G- guys, get know. out of here. That would never happen. You said something. <laughs> it was like a round table. It was like you, Gia Gunn. I don't remember. Maybe Jiggly. And you brought up the fact that like. Oh, it was, yes. a, it was Billboard. It was it was a Billboard. Uh, it's a Pride great series. fucking video. I think everybody should watch it. I don't know why it doesn't have more views. But you said something that hit so like I it never fucking occurred to me because of systemic racism and implicit bias. But you were like a businessman, a white businessman can have a big cowboy hat and be like, y'all, let's get to business. But if a black dude walks in, is like, yo, niggas, sit down. Let me tell you what's up with the business. You're like, that man's unprofessional. And it's like, why? Exactly. And it blew exactly. my fucking mind. And I was like. Peep, I, I was like, I thought the same. I was like, yeah, of course the Southerner would be like a business. And it's like, but why? It's because we have all these fucking things ingrained in our heads. So, yeah, I truly thank you for that video. Oh, my pleasure. Well, basically what it is, as black people, imagine having every single thing you come <laughs> up with. Someone then tells you it is unprofessional. It is mm-hmm. ghetto. For example, we're like, what can we do with our hair? dreadlocks and then they're like you can't wear that to work it's unprofessional Mm -hmm. okay how about braids you can't wear that it's unprofessional how about a Mm -hmm. big afro you can't wear that it's unprofessional okay interesting and then you make music like we we make like when when jazz Mm -hmm. first came out it was not it was not taught in schools and institutions and touted as like this amazing it was like it was Mm -hmm. it was the devil's music the word jazz in and of itself was a word used to describe how dirty and evil something was you get lost in a Mm -hmm. life of jazz Mm -hmm. that's how they would say it and then and then white people started loving jazz and then jazz became great and then blacks look fuck they took jazz Mm -hmm. let's move on to rock and roll and then rock and roll became the devil's music. And then white folks started to be like, now nah, we love jazz. And then black folks were like, fuck. All right, mm-hmm. now we got rap. And then they were like, this rap stuff is not good. <laughs> this is not art. This is just talking. And now talking. we're stuck with Iggy Azalea. Right? Exactly. But it's so funny to me the idea they were like, the idea of rap being so much different mm-hmm. than poetry, because poetry was like refined, mm-hmm. darling. But just take those exact words, put them to a beat, and now it's hood ghetto shit. Even the names that black people have, imagine <laughs> if you have roughly, uh, you've been oppressed for 400 years, and then everyone has to come up with your culture in a few minutes. All right, we got to pick a name. Uh, my name is mm-hmm. uh, Shaquandra. Oh my God, gross. Shaquandra is not a good name. That is ghetto like well bitch we have only had about 154 <laughs> years to come with our goddamn culture and right now uh-huh. we're at Shaquandra so we need to have the idea that Shaquandra is a name that holds value you can be Pedro you can be you can be um, you can be uh, Kim 
Kim, whatever. Like all the other coaches mm-hmm. can have names, and it doesn't. No one's gonna besmirch a, a a Latinx person for being named Jose. No one's going to besmirch anyone for being like what they are. But if you're black, your mm-hmm. name's Shaniqua, then people mm-hmm. are laughing at you and saying there's something wrong with your name, and they're calling mm-hmm. it ghetto. So every single thing that black people do, there's someone from other the, the, the powers that be are like. Be ashamed of that. How did black folks are the only people who are ashamed to eat food that mm-hmm. is to our culture, African American specifically, in public? Mexicans uh-huh. will eat burritos anywhere. Uh-huh. Japanese folks will eat sushi anywhere. But, like, there's some black people who don't eat fried chicken in public, who won't eat watermelon in public. Girl. And I mean, I do. I I don't. And give that's a systemic shit. racism. It's so fucking crazy. But when I'm in the store and I order grape soda, I look, I look into the eyes of the <laughs> smallest white person I can intimidate, and I say grape soda. Because white folks aren't afraid to eat boiled, unseasoned chicken in the middle of a fucking room. <laughs> so goddamn it. <laughs> that's sorry, I'm on my rants. You can't get me no, going. I mean, you can't get me I going like, like it because it's true. Like the reason I I've said it on the podcast before, but the reason why my name is Nicole. And the reason why I sound the way I do is my mother wanted me to sound white on the phone and on paper. So mm-hmm. when I went into the interview, they would be like, oh, she's black. But we already kind of liked her because she doesn't sound black. Do you know what I mean? And that's like a fucked oh, yeah. up thing to teach your kid. Yeah. And white people don't have to go through that. Yeah, the, the, the first person in my family with a black name was my cousin, Trelina. And it really shook my family because my family has very quote unquote white names my my mm-hmm. actual name that no one really calls me by the way i mean if it, my friends mm-hmm. either call me bob or they call me caldwell which is my last name but on paper my name is christopher delmar caldwell so my, my family's mm-hmm. names like christopher justin amanda angela ashley martha hazel stephanie julius and then i have a cousin who was named by her mom's side of the family and they named her mm-hmm. Trelena. and girl <laughs> girl people, my family was like what i cannot believe her name is Trelena. but now we're like oh yeah Trelena. but it's such it's a pretty name it's such a pretty like we invented interesting names and now you've got like you know white kids named apple and right haven and nivia to be fair i have a niece named nevea <laughs> Do you? Yes. Do you? Just heaven spelled backwards. I have a niece. Yes. I have a niece named Nevea. So in in de, in their defense, they reclaimed it. They said we are gonna reclaim heaven backwards. We gonna have some black Neveas. Yes, God. I was saying too, because like there's a big thing in the South where all black twins had rhyming names. There was like really? Brian and Ryan. Uh, I went to school with a Brian and a Ryan. I went to school with mm-hmm. a Yolanda and a Zolanda. Um, and I went to school with a, which is interesting because Yolanda is a name everyone knows, but Zolanda, I've never heard that name before. So I I'd love been like, Zolanda. I'd have been like, this is interesting. And then I went to school with a Dermika and Dernika. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Sh- Sh- uh, Sh- Shamika and. Anyway, but like, it was very popular I in the got South. I have a cousin named Shamika too. I also have twin cousins named uh, Brandon and Brendan. Work. Which I was like, why did you do that? They're twins? They're twins, and their names are so similar. I can't tell them apart either. So I'm just like, you, this one. So they're having twins in the family. I'm like, twins kind of creep me out a little bit. Yeah, it's the same person twice. It really is. It is. And also, twins are the ultimate example of showing you that 
people can actually you you become whatever you experience yes. because they have the exact same DNA mm-hmm. but because they are having slightly different experiences they are now different people that blows my mind have you ever seen uh three identical strangers yes girl it's so fucked up girl that it blew is this. so wild if you haven't seen it, you gotta. But I will tell you this because they they don't really tell you that it it, it that it is uh it is it gets dark. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was just a story about these three mm-hmm. triplets who didn't know it. It takes a sharp. My, my mom got really mad, not mad, but she was like, "What's going on?" Because my mom saw the trailer for Rent, and mm-hmm. there were there were like two or three trailers for Rent, and one of them was like Rent. Oh, we're all singing about Rent, Rent, Rent. Boo, it, boo, but I'm Rent. Yeah. And then my mom went to go see it. She was like, AIDS? Uh-huh. Death? It's a musical Evictions. about AIDS and death and trans people. And she was like, but the but the trailer mm-hmm. was so fun. Mm-hmm. The trailer's so fun and vibrant and you don't realize characters are going to die. Uh, I just karaoke'd Rent all night the other night. It was a good time. What songs? Uh, well, we did Seasons of Love, where I did the solo part, where I was very bad. Then we Work. did Take Me or Leave Me, where I was Joanne. No, no, I was Maureen, because she has more words. And then we did um, uh, one song. Yeah, one song. We did basically like the whole fucking musical. So, because you, you famously say that you can't sing a lot. I cannot sing. But you went to school for musical theater. No, I did not. I went did you to, go to musical Amda? theater. I did. Oh, but, but I went you... to a musical theater school, but I did the the acting track, the studio program. <laughs> so I have a certificate that says I can act. And it, and it says in small words, this bitch can't sing. <laughs> like, this big black bitch looks like she can sing, but I'm telling you, don't ask. She cannot do it. I imagine your certificate, they just put a line through the M. They're like, the American <laughs> Dramatic <laughs> Academy. Honestly, I should. Uh, that school was so... Your assistant went... Th- no, Monet's assistant. Patty went. Yeah, Patty went to Amda. Yeah, yeah. A Which lot is of, so A funny. lot of drag queens in New York City went to Amda, too. It's, so the, Mar- it's the Mar- yeah, Marty Go Cummings. Um, uh-huh. uh, Crystal... Um, her name was Joji Harrison, um, who was uh, who was the last um, Lola and Kinky Boots on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Crystal Demure is the drag name. Um, Paige Turner. Um, lots of girls. Paige Turner is a great name. That's very funny. Yeah, a lot, lots, of, <laughs> lots of girls went to Amda. I was so jealous when I found out like I wanted to go to Amda so bad. It's so funny that you wanted to go to Amda. It was truly a scam. Uh, does Patty have anything nice to say about? I don't. I some people like like Jason Derulo. If you ask him about it, he was like, "I had a great time. I loved being there." Blippity bloop. And I was like, "Okay, I don't understand Jason how you like Derulo it. went to Amda." Yes, he was a semester. Uh, uh, below me, and I have stories I could tell you, but I won't on this podcast. Honey, let's just say I, I can imagine what the stories are, um, <laughs> family. Um, but I feel like whenever I see, like, because I, because I did see cats. Wasn't Jason Derulo and cats? Oh yeah, baby, and Idris Elba, and they had that man in a nude color suit, and I said, "This is a treat for everybody." That I mean, the only treat that movie was. <laughs> I mean, the ever, best movie of 2019. <laughs> Do you? I, that movie was a was a that movie like if you look at Cats, which was leading into 2020, it was a clear indication that 2020 <laughs> was going to be some bullshit. I feel like at some point someone must have been like, guys, this is bad. 
Are we in too deep? <laughs> well, I mean, if you ever saw the stage play of Cats, you would definitely go, this should never be a movie. This honestly should never have been on Broadway. It should be like in a small black box theater on the Lower East Side. But people... instead it was in the Winter Garden for like 20 yep, years. For 20 years. And then they said, we got to turn this into a movie. And we we can't finish the CGI. We got to just release it with all of the mistakes. <laughs> we got to see Dame Judi Dench's actual people hands in this. We got to get it to the people. We got to put Taylor Swift in it. And we can't let her sing the way she sings normally. So it's got to be bad. But you know what? Just Jennifer Hudson, she's going to be, she's going to do an Oscar-worthy performance. That's what I maintain. But also, not to mention, make the black woman play the white cat. (laughs) I had no clue she was black. I just found this out today, now. I didn't know she was black. I was this many old. I was this day old when I found out they made the black woman play the white cat. The one who does a little, that little Uh move in the trailer. I was like, girl, this movie is... But I also understand, like, there comes a point where you're like, we can't turn back now. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And then also, all of the ratio aspects were off. Some of these cats were taller than pencils, and then, <laughs> like, a garbage can was smaller than them. And you were like, what the fuck world yeah. are we in? Yeah, it's like a cat where, like, where she, like, she picks up a, a, a roach, but the roach is the size of her <laughs> it's head. It's so big. And you're like, how yes. large is this roach? What is going on? <laughs> are we supposed to talk about dating? We got to talk about dating at some yeah. point, right? Yeah, I was going to do it after the break. I guess we could take a break now. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. 
Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! Without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. Okay, so Bob This is a dating podcast, although I will say I haven't been talking much about dating because I can't I I, it's been so hard to date in quarantine. I went on one FaceTime date where I couldn't figure out the sound. And then I he was like, I have people coming over at like seven and this is like 640. So then I was just like, I guess I give up. Uh, And he was like, "Okay." And then that was my FaceTime date because I, I couldn't figure out the sound. I just gave up and he gave up and we haven't talked since. Um, Was he cute at least? 
I thought he was cute. Uh, not my type per se. He was more of a man who works with his hands, and I tend to date nerds who play like f- fantasy things like Dungeons and Dragons and like Star Wars and shit like that. But this man, like his pictures were him on a motorcycle. His hands were dirty. I was like, I like, like he seems like a man. I was like, ooh, I like this. Uh, but then we both gave up so easily, and uh, that was a couple weeks ago. And I. I fully give up dating uh, through quarantine. I wish I had words to describe how unappealing straight men are to me. Like, when you were describing that, that didn't sound fierce. It wasn't a... I was like, you, a motorcycle, your hands, such a man. I was like, oh, that is... I just wouldn't want to be around that. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> At all. I, I mean, I truly think the perfect man for me would be one who oscillates between being super masculine and a little feminine. Like mm-hmm. I would love a dude who like rode a motorcycle, but like, will go see the color purple with me. Oh, I, I got a guy I can introduce you to. His name is Jason Derulo. His, he went to, <laughs> he went to, Amazon. I think you'll love him. <laughs> oh, Bob, you're in a relationship, right? Yeah, I, I, okay, well, yeah, I controversial. I have two partners, actually, which is, uh, I guess, like, controversial. No, that's so nice. It feels nice. I, I can't even get one. Well, how old are you? Are we the same age? We're about the same age. How old are you? I is be- that a rude I, question? It's not rude. I think my sister's 30. I think she just turned 35, so I'm turning 34, I think. Or I'm 39, or I'm 42. Well, what year were you born 67? in? 67. Oh, 1986. Oh, I should do the math. We're the same age. I was born in 1986, oh, okay. and I am. I just turned 34. We're the same age. Oh, yeah, you just had a birthday. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Yeah, I just turned 34. Mm-hmm. Why did you ask my age? What do you want to know? Because I'm trying to correlate, because, you know, I, I, start, I started dating really late in life. I, I didn't start dating until about two years ago. Wait, really? Yeah. May I ask why? It wasn't for lack of effort. It just, for whatever reason, the stars weren't aligning and I just had mm-hmm. not had dated. It just never, it just never happened. It, it never oh. worked out. Someone that I was interested in was also interested in me and schedule and time and this and that. Um, and then finally I got like sort of pursued my partner, Jacob. Well, I wouldn't say that he pursued, maybe he pursued me. I wrote him on Grinder. <laughs> I wrote him on Grinder, mm-hmm. and then we were apart for like, uh, a couple of months, and then I ended up moving to the Bay Area for a project for six months. And then he wrote me one day randomly on New Year's, was like, "Hey, Happy New Year's!" And I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're writing me on New Year's!" Like we hooked up in a hotel like once, mm-hmm. and you're this is so nice. This is actually really nice. And then I was like, "If I'm ever back in the Bay Area, we got to hang out." And then we got there, and then we just pretty much started dating almost right away. Oh. And that was my first boyfriend, and we're still dating, and he's upstairs listening to me tell the story right now. <laughs> So you weren't looking for a part. You just like hooked up, didn't think again about it until he contacted you. You know, I was just looking for a butthole. And then wrapped around the butthole was a really nice young Jewish man. That's all I want. A nice person wrapped around a butthole and a solid, (laughs) thick dick that can just gag me every night. Are you a size queen? I love a big dick. I've tried to be with smaller ones and... It's truly like a, a concession. Is that a word I can use there? It's it's me truly having to deal with it every time that little dick stabs me. Being like, this is okay. I like you as a person. We, we shall overcome. But those relationships have never worked out. So maybe 
I just have to wait for my big dicked person. Well, who... have you considered like uh, maybe dating one person and getting the dick from somewhere else? Is that an option? Yes, but I do think when you're dealing with men, they get insulted when they're like, oh, this isn't enough for for you, blah, blah, blah. But if I was dating someone trans who maybe uh, used uh, a penis that was not attached to them, mm-hmm. I think I'd have, you know, more, less of an issue with it than, say, like a straight dude. But, you know, I've got a whole drawer full of things. I just bought this $200 vibrator with an actual tongue, and it sucks. And it's two hundred dollars. Does it plug into the wall? Does it have a? <laughs> do you rev it up? It, it do you start it like one of those old timey <laughs> airplanes where you get out and you uh-huh. turn the propeller? Yep, I get out. I turn the propeller. I get in my bed. I slam it on my clit, <laughs> and then I fly away. And it and it'll call. It'll 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 order food for you when it's done. It'll be like after dinner, like Nicole. I know you like Thai food on Thursdays. So that's why we've ordered you this uh, pineapple fried rice. It was just getting to the point where I was so horny that I needed something because I haven't had sex since fucking March. I haven't had sex since lock. Yes. Since lockdown fucking started, I got one last fucking. (laughs) Was it a regular? It was it was somewhat regular, but now that's done, too. So now I'm back at square one. I also I also opened up my mind of what it meant to for what I'd be interested in because there was a, a point in time where I was what I became what I'm attracted to really morphed over the years from when I was in college I was only dating guys who looked like me at the time mm-hmm. I was a skinny black dude um, now I'm I'm not I'm average size now uh, but at the time <laughs> I was like I was like rail thin and that was all I was interested in dating and then as I got older. I just started expanding more, and then I started also going outside of the idea of necessarily having to date a cisgendered man. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've, so now I find a lot more beauty in a lot more places than I originally did. I also find the same thing with me. Uh, I mean, I didn't date people who looked like me necessarily, but it was just like an improv man. You can imagine what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Neck beard. Yep. Truly not kept up with their appearance. They got cargo shorts with big pockets filled with dreams and wishes. And and a, and a shirt with either an ironic saying or like a, a vintage shirt from like some thrift store they really love. Uh-huh. But like doesn't have anything cool on it. It's got like the Death Star on it or whatever. Yeah, I know her. But now I'm just like, I'm truly open to anything as long as like we can talk and get along and I'm attracted to you. I went on a date with um, a woman who was trans and I didn't know she was trans and it wasn't a problem, uh, but she was lamenting to me. I might've told this story on the podcast. I don't remember, but she was lamenting about how she was misgendered at the gym that week. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. I'm never misgendered. And I'm just like completely not getting what she was picking or putting down or whatever. And then we like kept talking. And then I was like, you got big old dogs. What size shoe do you wear? She was like a 13. I was like, oh, well, here's a brand. If you ever want heels, that goes up to a size 13. I didn't know if you knew. She was like, oh, I didn't know. Do you wear, do you have big feet? I wear a size 11 or 12. Do you know Whoopi Goldberg wears a size 12 and she's <gasps> five foot eight? That's insane. I had no idea. Isn't that We're wild? like the same. I'm 5'7 and wear a size 11 or 12. I'm whoopee. What are you going to do when she's on your podcast? Are you going to change your name? No. 
My <laughs> the name of my Zoom says Whoopi Goldberg. When I send people emails, it also says Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> and I and I answered right the fuck away. It was so funny. You called me and you're like, Nicole. So tell me more about this story. You you and this woman. So I'm intrigued with the story. I'm so interested in the story. Um, no, it was just she kept telling me, like giving me hints that she was trans, and I truly just didn't pick up any of them until I was talking to my therapist about it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I really liked her, but I just, she did one thing I didn't like. She just, she knew my touring schedule before I told her. And mm. I was like, oh, I don't like that you are looking me up and whatever. But uh, I was like telling her all these things. And then my therapist was like, Nicole. And I was like, mm-hmm. She's like, do you think maybe she was trans? And she was trying to let you know. And I was like, oh, huh. No, it never occurred to me. And then I was like, oh, now things make sense. But that being said, I was like, yeah, I guess I'm attracted to whoever is nice to me. And That's I like to look at them. I mean, to that story, two things. One, my my um, my mother gets misgendered all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Because my, my mother has a very, very deep voice. So whenever we would go to the um, any restaurant, fast food restaurant, and we, she'd talk into the thing, They'd always say, all right, thank you, sir. Pull up to the next window. Mm-hmm. But it happened so often, my mom just stopped being, like, my mom, her world isn't rocked. But then there's the awkward moment where we pull up to the mm-hmm. window and they are, like, profusely apologizing. And my mom's like, it's really not a big deal. It happens all the time. And they're like, no, ma'am, I'm sorry, ma'am. And she's like, honestly. Mm-hmm. But my mom just has, like, we, I have a deep voice. My whole family, we are, we are, we're a family of, uh, of, uh, of people with, uh, with deep voices. And my mm-hmm. other partner who lives in L.A., as uh is a trans man. So that is so that is my correlation to your ah, story in this moment. Yeah. That's nice. You got one in LA, one in New York. Coast to coast. How did you meet your LA partner? Instagram. Oh. Instagram. Nobody ever slides into my DMs in a way where I'm like, this is good and healthy. It's it usually a man with a family who's like Oh, boy, all I want is for you to suck on my dick while I slap your butt. And I'm like, well, that sounds like fun. And then I'll go to his page and be like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm into that. And I look at his page and it's like him, his wife and his kid and a dog. And I'm like, you know, you can't be creeping around sending people messages like that unless your people know about it. But maybe they do. Maybe. Maybe one of these days I will. But they're never attractive to me. It's always gotcha. like a like an older man with snaggled teeth and and then like holy clothes and I'm just I'm not here for it. I don't like it. Well, old snaggled tooth people need love too, but apparently those people already have love because they're married with children. So, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to be someone's stepmom. Good lord, you don't Ugh. have stepmom energy. No, I would be a terrible stepmother. Terrible. Yeah, you don't have stepmom energy. No, they'd be like, can I do this? And I'd be like, yeah, man, live your fucking life. I don't care. You're not my kid. Oh, you can't say that to the (laughs) children. You can't just. Like, you're not my mom. I'm like, yeah, bitch, I know. Nor am I trying to be. Go live your life and leave me alone so I can fuck your dad. You're like, I'm just a lady sucking your dad's dick while he smacks my ass. That's what he said on the Instagram anyway. That's all I love doing. Wait, so you only started dating two years ago and you already have two partners. Honestly, this is a tremendous average, I got to say. I'm an overachiever. Truly. Yeah, I am an overachiever. I'm doing the most. That's so wild to me. Um, Do you like ever plan on getting married or is this working for you? I think I used to 
plan. Well, so I was really big into fighting for marriage equality in New York City years ago. I even got arrested doing it. So in my head, because I was fighting for marriage equality so hard, I was like, I got to get married one day. But the older I get, the more I'm like, I don't know that I see that for me. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like I'm going to get married. Like, I don't, I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't really see it for me either. Although I like the idea of having like a wedding and shit. Uh, I like the idea of having a partner. I just, yeah, I don't think I need like the, I think I would probably have a ceremony before actually filing for a marriage certificate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. My mom also has, my mom's never been married. So I also base a lot of my life off of, I am turning into my mom slowly but surely. (laughs) And then my mom's never been married. So Mm. yeah. Yeah, my sister's not married. I'm not married. My dad's siblings, none of them are married. But my my mom's one sister, she's married. Yeah, I think she's the only married aunt I have. So, oh, so so the singularity is a whole thing in 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 I the guess in the, buyer so. in the bloodline. Buyer bloodline. Nobody's married. Everyone's just uh, looking for dicks. I guess I don't know. Uh, can, can we talk a little bit about a common friend of ours and why? We think that person is single. Mateo? Potato pain. So Potato pain. Uh, I think Potato's single because I don't know. I don't know why. The last people he's dated I haven't really liked. So my question is, if someone is single, how much of that has to do with the person who's single. So how much of you being single, this is, I'm not saying that it is, mm-hmm. this is not me. I'm not coming on your podcast to psychoanalyze you <laughs> or do any of that. But I'm wondering how much of your singularity has to do with your either desire to stay single sub- subconsciously mm-hmm. or a fear of commitment or um, a, a are reaching for something that actually isn't attainable, like this perfect partner that may or may not exist. I think it has a lot to do with that. Like I'm scared to be in a relationship. Sometimes I'll be in my bed and I'm like, if I were in a relationship, where would this person have any of their stuff? Like my room is set. I like the way my room is. I like the way my house is. I, somebody I would have to like invite someone into my life. And that's scary. Um, I travel a lot. So like, that's also scary to be like, are you chill with my schedule? Um, And then I do a thing where I, I like to be the one chasing, but apparently people don't really like to be chased. I don't know. It's a thing like with straight men, they don't like to be chased. They'd rather chase you or whatever. Um, I also love to put all my eggs in a basket of a man who says openly, I don't want a relationship but like we're having fun. So I'm like, mm, I'll change that about him and it's going to be great. But now um, it sounds like you're putting your you're putting your eggs in a wicker basket. But the bottom is just like like barely there. It's like just the uh-huh. whole thing's falling through. Yeah. But I think I understand this way more now. Like in the beginning of the year, I was dating this dude who I really, really liked or so I thought I liked. And then he was just like, yeah, I don't really want to be in a relationship. And I was like, but I can change that. And then I didn't change that because he like it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Uh, so then I was like, OK, I guess I have to get over this. And then lockdown started. And it was just like, oh, boy. Uh, and then I was dating somebody else. And I was just like, you know, let's just put this like put a pin in it till, you know, the it pandemic. Like you, ends. Date a lo- you, just, like, you do a lot of dating. You are dating a lot. I mean, it's not a lot. It was just 2020 was I was 
I spent all of 2019 being like, 2020 is my year. So then I just like really went into 2020 hard and I was like on the apps and I was talking to people and going out with people. Uh, and then and then the lockdown started and now I'm just a single lady who is so horny it hurts. And then I just masturbate until I until my clit's numb and my hips hurt and it's depressing. Would you ever get a hooker? I think about getting a sex worker often, but it would just be like a long. I don't know if I want to pay the hourly rate of like going to get a drink first and like oh, because you need the full conversation, kind of. And I don't know why. I think it's because like if I'm going to pay for it, I want the full fantasy. But then again, I have definitely fucked people off Tinder just by like a hello, and then we're fucking. I, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, a sex worker, I just want to like get to know your vibe, you know, just like get to know you if I'm well, paying for it. I will say, I mean, I do believe if you're paying for something, you should get exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I imagine that most sex workers are probably not terribly inexpensive. Yeah. Like, that's the other thing. I'm like, do I want to pay for something I can have for free just as long as I wait? Well, I mean, it's it's like the difference between, you know, you can cook food or you can or you can you can go out to eat. And I do love going out to eat. And because it's more convenient and sometimes it's more fun. Mm-hmm. I tried to get a hooker once in Brazil and it was it, it was not a good experience for me. Oh, no. Do you care to share? You don't have to. Yeah, I'll share. It, it just I did not believe that he was into it. And I have to believe if I'm going to mm-hmm. like hook up with you, I have to believe that you could be attracted to me. And this guy sh- like showed up like he like he showed up to a job he hated. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Well, bitch, if you hate working, clock out." Jesus mm-hmm. Christ! That's like another fear because like I am a fat black woman, so that is like you have to be attracted to it, or you're or you don't like it. And I'd be so sad if it was a person who was like, "Yeah, I'm just fucking this fat bitch because she's paying me a thousand dollars." Well, that, that must be interesting to be a fat black woman because you run the gamut of two things. One where it's like, this is my thing. I'm so into this. This mm-hmm. gets my dick so hard. <laughs> and then people who are like just the opposite because you're either like completely fetishized. I'm assuming yes. you can you can you can yes. clarify this or folks who are just like not my thing. Yeah, it's a lot of not my thing. And then I've never been fetishized in person, just like on the internet, on the apps and messages and stuff. But in person, I've had people be like overwhelmed to the point where I'm like, oh, this this is the first time you've ever slept with someone whose ass is this big. Because mm-hmm. it's it's like when you're doing it doggy style and you got a fat ass like knocking into you, it's a, it's a little intense. So yeah, like it's just, it's a, dating is, it sucks. It's not, I want to skip ahead to like six months in where I'm like, Oh, I know everything about him or her and uh, they're wonderful and we have adventures, but then we just sit and watch TV. Now you're saying him or her. Are you do you are you pansexual? I don't put a label on it. I think I'm just slutty. I just mm-hmm. I don't I don't like labels one. Two, when you put a label on things, everyone wants to like snatch you up and I'm not trying to take a space for another queer voice who actually has something to say about being queer because mm. I don't identify as queer. I just, I, I'll fuck anything and I refuse to, uh, I should say anyone. Uh, I refuse to like put, like close a door to something that might be wonderful. 
mm-hmm. just because it's something I didn't think I wanted. That makes sense. So, so you don't identify as queer, but do you identify as straight? Mm, no, I think I'm just Nicole. Yeah, I mean, listen, that makes solid sense. And I think that there is, um, I think a lot of the world is realizing how much of us are in the area where we realize that a lot of the labels that are made for us don't mm-hmm. actually fit us as well as we thought they did. Yeah. And then also I'm just like, well, why do we even need labels? Why can't I just fuck who I want and then just live my life? Well, maybe we need labels for different stuff. Like, for example, the like certain labels I really vibe with. Like the label black, I I need oh, yes. this label. I love black. Like I need this label. The label man, I don't need that one. Like that's one of the things <laughs> where I was like, I don't necessarily identify as a cisgendered man, and I don't really need who being like you're a man, because then I just don't I just don't need that in my life. But mm-hmm. the label queer, I really need that label. Like black queer, mm-hmm. I love that song. I love this song. You know. Yeah, I guess I just like black lady. Black black lady. That's what I like to be. Black lady. I'm a black lady. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like. See, I'm terrible at singing. Ugh, I wish I could sing. Girl, when I hear people singing and I'm like, how? <laughs> Are you making Monet can really sing. Monet has such a great voice. And I'm so and I'm so jealous that she's so good at singing. Um, she's not good or anything else. Um, but I'm so just, it's just one, it's one of those towns that I wish I had, but I just, I just don't have it. It's not there. Same. It's not, it's not there for me. It's all I want. Ooh. So it was, you, you only started dating two years ago, but like after drag race and after you had this notoriety, were people like throwing themselves at you? Well, okay. So I, there's a couple of things going on here. When I after Drag Race, I started traveling more, and I will say there's a there's a thing where you there's a few things when you're the new pussy in town, <laughs> like when you show up on the grinder grid and you're it's not the same face, you just get more attention. So even so, mm-hmm. uh, in traveling, I would like in New York City, even in New York City, your grid kind of has the same like ten people in the top mm-hmm. part that you see all the time. So I started traveling more, and then also. I I do believe there are people out here fucking me just for the story, like just <laughs> to have the story. I fucked Bob the drag queen, so that's also probably a part of what it is. And then I also do think that for myself, aesthetically speaking, I have gotten a lot nicer looking as I've gotten older. I was a real noodly looking awkward <laughs> thing, but as I've gotten older, I've actually I think I actually look more handsome and more more beautiful. And then there's also the fact that people are kind of into, like, the power of who I am. So all mm-hmm. those things combine. And then it, it really fucks with your mind. You're like, are you fucking me because I'm Bob the Drag Queen or because mm-hmm. you're attracted to me or because you want the story? And then the other question is, do I care? If you're fucking me because you, only because you think I'm attractive, then that could hurt my feelings because you don't think I'm creative. If you're fucking me just because I'm Bob the Drag Queen, like, you know, it's not my... Thing to determine why you're fucking me mm-hmm. it's just good for me to determine whether or not i'm okay with that reasoning yeah i find i have like the same issues with straight men generally speaking usually they do not know who i am or they've heard me on like a couple podcasts they're like oh yeah you're kind of funny and i'm like great but when i've dated women most of the time they do know who i am and i feel like there's this expectation 
and mm. I don't necessarily meet that sometimes. Uh, and that's that's kind of hard because it's like, yeah, they think you're one way and then you end up be, like I dated somebody who was like into comedy and I do comedy. So I think they thought that was like a good middle ground of stuff to talk about. But then I was like, oh, I don't really want to talk about work with someone who doesn't do who's just like it's like a, a park ranger doesn't want to talk about the park with a person who likes to sit in the park. Like yeah. I'm in the park all the time. I'm doing the work. I don't, I'm, I'm not working right now. So I don't want to talk about comedy. So like, that's kind of hard, a hard thing to maneuver comedy fans. <sighs> Dating is just hard in general. No, that, that, that was a, that was, I mean, I don't know that I would use a, such a straight analogy as park <laughs> rangers, but also I keep forgetting that you have a lot of straight people in your life and I have practically none. So, <laughs> When I hear Park Ranger, my first thought is Yogi Bear. That's how gay I am. I was like, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> Yeah, just like Yogi Bear, who's like, I can't talk about I don't even know what Yogi sounds like. I, hey, boo-boo, Yogi I, Bear. Boo-boo, I don't want to talk about the park uh, because I'm always in the park. Uh. Yeah, I that's, think that's kind of how Yogi Bear sounds uh, more or less. Yogi Bear. Okay, now I don't know who that is. <laughs> Yeah, now you're <laughs> developing a whole different a whole different thing. But yeah, it is weird to date. Like the idea of dating is an odd social construct yes. in and of itself. Just the idea of like being around someone, but like making this relationship different than all your friendships, mm-hmm. but also making it different than all the people you've just randomly were fucking. Mm-hmm. It, it's a weird. It's a weird social construct. Yeah, it is weird and it's something I want. But yet I'm like I don't I don't even know what that I don't know what it looks like for me. I guess I'll just uh I'll know I'll know when it's good when it's good if that makes any sense. I don't know, I'm trying to be more like just let it go and the universe will take control. I feel like I'm quoting Frozen. Let it go. Yeah, you, you be, it, it, Nicole, you're going to have to become one with the wind and sky. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah all right I'll do it I'll become one with the wind and sky and I'll find somebody and honestly though I really do think this year is still my year I think 2020 people are like it's a bad year but I'm like I don't know uh you know Black Lives Matter is having such a really wonderful movement right now I think that's good this is Black History Year I've dubbed this Black you History know? Year it is Black History Year I think that's really good Corona yeah it's not great. But I mean, we could have handled this much better and had a summer, but we didn't do that. But I think right. uh, I'm thinking in October, things are going to really turn around for everybody. Have you found this podcast cathartic? Have you found it depressing? Have you found it affirming or maybe different things at different times? Different things at different times. Definitely. Like there's been um, so I finally figured out my flow, my period. Thank you. I because I traveled so much. I just would be like, oh, I'm moody because I was just on a plane, blah, 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 blah. And it always surprised me. But in quarantine, I was like, oh, okay, I get it the third week of uh, the month. And I feel this way two weeks out. I feel this way a week out. So when I would record, when I would be two weeks out for my period, I'd just have more emotion. And I'd be like, I'll never find anyone. I'm going to be alone forever. I'm a piece of shit who should be stomped on and just throw me out. I'm not worthy of having any dicks in my mouth or my pussy. And... <laughs> And then there be weeks. Stop on pieces of shit, <laughs> Nicole. Is yeah. that what you do with the pieces? How do you of get shit? rid of your shit? 
If you're not stomping on it, where does it go? <laughs> but yeah, usually I feel like right now I feel great about it. Specifically because like I I cannot date. So talking about it yeah. is fine right now. Uh, also, I'm horny, so I like to hear people's stories about fucking, and I could just like live vicariously through. You them. haven't have you asked fucked- me any of mine. Have I'm about to? Have you ever fucked in drag? No, I once sucked a dick in drag at a restaurant I used to work at one time, <laughs> but I've but I've never I've never done the the do in in the yags as the mm. kids say. What's the what's your? Do you have like a wild hookup story? No, I have some really embarrassing ones. I mean. Like okay, someone's like embarrassing this. one. So one time I was um in my building's like shaking. One time I was hooking up with this guy in Spain. I think we were in Madrid. And he I met him on Grinder and he came up and he was like blowing me. And then like he finished and was like mm-hmm. and then looking <laughs> in my eyes and was like, What room is Valentina in? <gasps> Oh my God. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, I just really love Valentina and I want to know what room she's in. Oh and my I was like, God. I was like, first of all, you need to leave. Second of all, room 314. <laughs> <laughs> but that really, I, I didn't actually what room she was in, but like a guy blew me just to find out what room Valentina was in. That's honestly dedication. I don't think I've ever been that dedicated to anything. I mean, it was why I couldn't. It was why. What can you can that you imagine? Is truly what a dream. What a true dream to have a master plan. I'm gonna suck Bob the drag queen's dick, and they're gonna tell me where Valentina is, and then I'll suck Valentina's dick, and then I'll find Nina Bonina Brown, and I'll suck her dick. <laughs> yeah, I... but also like imagine like if he didn't want, was he just like sucking my dick, and and like the and and also didn't even get what he wanted. <laughs> I didn't tell him. <laughs> like, you should have negotiated up front. I mean, I wonder what the story he tells people is. Or if he even tells the story. Like, I was trying I to get to Valentina. Like he tells this story. This seems like one of those stories you, you put in your book right before <laughs> you die. <laughs> that is so wild. I've never fucked in a different country, I don't think. Oh, that's great. I... I've like had hotel sex. Yeah, I've never fucked in a different country, which is a real bummer. I, but then again, I guess I like don't travel with slutty sluts who are like, go have fun. You you need to start traveling with the drag race girls, honey, because those girls are fucking slacks. (laughs) I mean, I was with this really hot guy in Liverpool one time. He was like, he kind of looked like if Will Smith was 5'7 and like 23. Okay. Like if Will Smith was like gay and Twinkie, I oh my god, I just described his son. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you fucked fucking Jaden Smith. <laughs> but also with a thick Liverpool accent. Oh. What is the a Liverpool accent? The Beatles. The Beatles have a Liverpool accent. Oh. It's like it's like yeah, a bit of a scouser, yeah, I love, yeah, oh. gal, yeah, gal, head down to the store to get a ciggy. 
Oh, I get a ciggy and then I go upstairs and then I'm going to smoke the ciggy. No, I, I think the accent you're doing is a stroke. I think that was a, <laughs> I think you just had a stroke. That's what that was. Also terrible at accents. Can't sing, can't do an accent. <laughs> Thanks, Amda. <laughs> Thank you, Scandal. I Amda saw uh, Jason Derulo on a plane once. Oh, you did? And I, I didn't know who he was. I'm, I don't, I'm not really into his music, but I remember seeing him and thinking to myself, this guy just looks famous. He looks yeah. really rich and he looks really famous. So I was um, st- getting in line. We were both in first class on an international flight or maybe a flight to LA to New York to New York. It was it was uh, Delta One. Mm-hmm. And they were like, all right, Delta One diamond medallion. And I go, who do you fly? Oh, I fly Delta. I'm a diamond diva as well. Work. So, you know, we, we are very into, we, we scoop yes. the front of the line. Mm-hmm. But then in the midst of being like the Delta diamond people being called up, this guy just like barges past all the Delta diamond people. Mm-hmm. But like, not like escorted by anyone official. He just has a massive security guard who's mm-hmm. just like escorting this very wealthy looking black man through and because he has a security guard we're all just kind of like oh i guess i guess you get to go ahead of us because you have security so obviously you're somebody Mm -hmm. um and then he was like one seat behind me that's so funny to like rush up with your security detail to like get on a plane it's like you're gonna rush to sit on a plane to sit amongst other people and then Everyone bored. Like who fucking? I would come. But last. also it was. But also it was Delta Diamond. We were all like, we were all. Yes. Uh, there were like, there were like six of us. It wasn't. It wasn't like <laughs> some. But also maybe maybe to Jason Derulo. That's just too long to wait. I saw Brandy in the airport once, and she looked pretty famous too. But I, I recognize her. Who did I? I saw the the blue lady from Avatar, and she plays the green person in the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Zoe, she's a Skittle. She's a Skittle at this point. She's, <laughs> she's Skittle. Zoe Skittle, Ladia. <laughs> and she was with her husband and her two kids on a Delta One flight, and they came on last. They mm-hmm. also bought more seats than they needed. The nanny had her own seat. The assistant had her own seat. The kids had their own seat, but sat in her lap. And when I tell you these children screamed the almost Work. entire fucking flight I at one point woke up and I was like, it has to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Whoopi Goldberg at, uh, at Rock of Ages and she bought the seat next to her. And mm-hmm. um, But also, you all can't see me, but Nicole can. There's a seat, there's me, and then there's also like the seat next to me. And mm-hmm. then Whoopi Goldberg is that right there, right? Oh my so God. I'm the, I, it wasn't me. I'm, I'm the random white lady who's, uh-huh. who's, so Whoopi Goldberg sitting there is clear that Whoopi has purchased this seat. Mm-hmm. But what does the white lady do during the show? Leans over the empty Mm-mm. seat and Mm-mm. talks to Whoopi the Mm-mm. entire <laughs> show. The whole show. That's so funny. Now she got to buy two seats. She just buy the whole the row in front, the row behind her, the whole row out. I mean, That's honestly, this so one. Wild. And the reason I knew Brandy was famous even before I recognized who she was, I saw this black lady walking through the mall, and this old white man was carrying her bags. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this bitch must be important. Mm-hmm. I saw Viola Davis on a Delta One flight, and you I was like, lucky bitch. I was like, is that Viola Davis? And she has a very stern face, even in travel. And I was like, that's definitely Viola Davis. And then I wanted to say something, but then I was like, 
don't bother this woman. She's traveling. And then I got off the plane and there was like a Delta one person with her name on a piece of paper. And I was like, she doesn't use an alias. It's just out here. Viola Davis for all the people to know. <laughs> I was shook. But then I saw it says the Emmys Academy and I said, Award, hello. It says Academy Award winner, Viola Davis. <laughs> <laughs> It just says I, everything she's ever done on this little right? piece of paper. I mean, how do you feel about being recognized? Like the the recognition I don't mind in public is when someone walks up and goes really quietly, I love your work. That I like a lot. That's nice. The thing I truly detest is someone going very loudly, Oh my God. Um ah, what do I know you from? Oh and I'm my like, God. Oh, cool. You've now, you know, brought attention. Uh, That's you don't the you yeah. don't I now have to do the work for you. And then I'll sometimes I used to go uh, girl code and they go, no. And I go, oh, um, this? No. Uh, I host nailed it. No. Then I go, I don't. Know. So I, I when they go, what do I know you from? I go, oh, I don't know. What? Who knows? I get that a lot. I just, well, the, the, that's the thing about being being more or less famous. You and I are like technically famous because we have like a lot of Instagram followers. <laughs> But like, not every like everyone knows who Viola Davis is. You're like you're Viola yes. Davis. Yes. You don't have you don't have to link it. You don't call her the lady from the help. You don't no, call her the lady from Viola Davis. I know you from being Viola Davis. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, but whenever people see me, people are like kind of like, wait a minute. I, the, uh, I hate when I have to like help them through it. I was in the airport and this lady was like, "Do I know you?" And I was like, <laughs> "I I don't." My first thought was, "You're holding my passport in my hand, so you have." <laughs> All of my information. So you, my name is literally right there. Right she goes, there. where do I know? Do Are you, are you who I think you are? And I'm like, I don't know who you think I am. Mm-hmm. She's like, are you the person? I, I said, lady, I don't know. Are you on TV? I've, I've been on TV before. Are you? And I was like, can you just yeah, say it's it? Can just, you please? Yeah, just say something or let me leave. You're holding me hostage. Of course, by the way, it turns out she didn't know who I was. She thought I was Miss J from, from uh, Top Model. <laughs> so turns out she had no clue who the fuck I was. People on Instagram love to go, oh my God, I thought this was Silky Nutmeg Ganache. And I was like, how? She's either boy or full drag. I'm in, I'm neither right now. I'm like, I don't think, I, I mean, Are sure. they being serious or are they trying to be funny? I have no idea. People also love to, they're like, hey Lizzo. And I'm like, I, we again... We do not look anything alike. She's Nothing smaller than alike. me. We have different faces. She's light skinned, not light skinned, she, but she's yeah, like caramel she's compared to your dark skin. Yeah. Yeah. She it's her tits are bigger than mine. Like we look nothing alike. I used to get Amber she's Riley probably from a Glee. She's taller than you. I, I assume yeah, she, I don't she's know why tall. I think she's I think, tall. She seems tall. I think she's tall. She has tall energy. She does have tall energy. Yeah. She's got sure. good energy. Yeah. Oh, 100. 100. Well, Bob, we've come to the end. I usually ask my guess this. I think I've only missed it a couple times, but would you date me? I would date you. I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately because I've been realizing that I have this, like, in in my experience, it is a newfound attraction to black women. Maybe I can be your third partner. Would you really do that? It seems like... Mm, why not? <laughs> it is, would you date me? I would date you. You would date like someone who's like publicly a gay you. guy. Yes, I think I would. I think people would be like, "This seems pretty on brand for Nicole." But yeah, I would date you. Um, I think you're funny. I think you're fun. I think you're attractive. Uh, I think we would have a great time. Uh, you know, my first, I think 
my journey into like this new like because as I mean I was like publicly a gay man for a really long time and then I started realizing that I have attraction to people who aren't necessarily just men you know who it started with who I had a crush on Sashir Zameda really and I was like and I was like and I remember thinking to myself am I attracted to this woman I cannot wait to tell her when I see her later today that she's out told here her. turning the game in. I, I Can never I tell told her. her. Yeah, of course. I, I told Mateo, and I was like, Mateo, don't say anything. <laughs> he's been good. He truly has kept that a secret. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Keeping secrets. And, and then, anyway, so that that was a, a big. I thought that you would find that interesting. It's very interesting. I'm honestly shook. I'm floored, but not like actually. I'm not shocked. She's very, very beautiful. It was, it was, for me, it was about her, um, I don't know, something about, about her majesty and her presence. My mm-hmm. attraction to women is, is more wrapped up in their essence. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Which inherently, I understand, is, is misogynistic in and of itself. I just want to throw that out there into the world. Um, that I can that I see that, that that is a problematic statement that I just said, but it is something that I'm working through in this moment right now and and and, <laughs> and finding out about about myself. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's problematic, is it? Well, I don't know if if the idea of like you know some dude can just be a a, a total blockhead and not find them attractive, but a woman has to have the mind of uh, Dr. Maya Angelou to to be able to <laughs> you know make it on my radar. It seems does seem but I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe it's not. You know. Have you ever know. actually had a date from this podcast? Not one. We should go on a date. Let's go on a date. I'm going to be in LA in July. What are you doing in July in LA? Visiting. Be careful. I'm just so wary of people on planes right now. Baby, I I mean the truth is, Mama, I'm in the Corona capital of the world. Like there's more yeah, Corona. Yeah, I mean you are. I'm in, yeah, I'm in, you're I'm in New York City. You're at the. You're truly like patient zero as a state. I'm in Sea Town. You know what I mean? All right, all right. Come on over. Then I'll see you when you come here in July. Yeah, I think what, Mateo what, might be coming in July too because I don't think he can go to Italy. Where do you want to go on our date? Mm, oh boy, will restaurants even be open? Maybe we'll go to a park. That probably sounds. I have a. I have a picnic basket. Ooh, bring your picnic basket as a carry-on. Has anyone asked you on a date? No one's asked you on a date from the podcast yet? No. All right, well, I'm asking you on a date. I will. I, I do want to be fully in full disclosure. I do have two partners already in this. Yeah, and I prob- said I'll be the third. Yeah, so, so that is my full disclosure, but we're going on a date. I can't fucking wait. Yes. No, I truly have gotten no dates from doing this podcast. I can't believe I'm on your first date from the podcast. That's so crazy. You're my first date from the podcast. All the men who've been on my podcast get ladies in the DMs. Uh, I get some people in my DMs, but nobody I'm like ever super excited about. The last person someone tried to hook me up with was on Twitter. They were like, my friend loves you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ooh, let me see a picture. And then they were like in a Star Wars shirt. And I was like, I can't. But now you're watching Star Wars. Yeah, I'm like, I don't like I I'm watching Star Wars, but like I just don't want someone who's like deep enough in the fandom that they have a Star Wars shirt that they're photographed in. If they go to bed in it, that's fine. But like I just I don't need like a fanboy. But fan if you wake boy. up in it, you can go to yeah, bed in it, but you can't wake up in it. You go to bed in it. Come on now. 
Well, we've come to the end. Bob, do you have anything you want to promote? Um, please go watch uh, Bob the Drag Queen live at Caroline's. And of course, you can see me on We're Here on HBO. Um, you can watch me on the end of the Pit Stop. I The Pit Stop comes out every Saturday. I'm reviewing every single episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star Season 5. I love it. And if you like this episode of Oh, I Won't You Date Me, you can like it. You can subscribe on iTunes. And if you send me a nasty message, I will read it out loud. This is from a man who I don't think follows the podcast, but just decided to say something to me. It says, you must give the best blowjobs with those lips. <laughs> And sir, I don't think you listen to this, but I do. <laughs> I love a blowjob. It's one of my favorite things to do, sir. Thank you. Let's see. Do I have another one? You must give the best. Which is weird because it's really weird that the, the lips are some indication of a great blowjob because it really has nothing to do with your lips. Yeah, zero to do. Um, oh, wait, here's another one. Okay, I want, I want to, wait, I want you, but I want to fuck you into a handstand and use your ass taint and puss as an, e oh, I want to paint you into a, I don't know what this means. I want to butt you into a handstand and use your ass taint and puss as an easel and dip my little brushes in your booty hole and paint you a little portrait. I guess they just, they want to paint on me, but using my butt. But you also yeah. don't like little, you just said you don't like little brushes. I don't want little brushes in my butt. Get get me a big brush and dip it in my butt. I think you might need a few lovers to fulfill what it takes to please Nicole Byer. Because Honestly, it might be too much for one person. Maybe. You have, maybe I need you have, several lovers. The, yeah, because you have a, there are a lot of requirements, and this seems to make this person really specific they're like <laughs> this person seems really hard to find mm -hmm. but if you break those characteristics up among several people you might maybe there's something there maybe well you'll be my gay boyfriend i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm i want to think i'm recruiting in the world of uh polyamory doesn't it's, 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 <laughs> you get our pamphlet i have a, I, have a, I have this pamphlet i, I want you to pamphlet. read i've read it front <laughs> to back i'm i'm into polyamory i'm here for it <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. Thank you, Bob. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. My new boyfriend. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Mom, I got the job in Manhattan. Do you have a warm enough winter coat? What about your car? I'm selling it with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. How? I enter my license plate number, miles, condition, upload photos, and boom, an official cash offer from a local dealership. A cash offer instantly? Oh, did you call Ann Stella? She's right there in Massachusetts. Mom, I literally just got the job. 
Not everything is as simple as selling your car with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. Price it, fix it, trade it, sell it. KBB.com it.